Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. Let's go with Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 1. Just a quick review and the sum of what God has been giving us during this series. In Deuteronomy 8.1, we see the importance of being committed to hearing and applying God's word. In fact, let's go there. Let me get that before I just start talking to you about it. Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 1. Every command, commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe. Why does he give us commandments? That we may live and multiply and go in and possess the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers. And you should remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and to test you, to know what was in your heart, whether you will keep his commandments or not. So we see in Scripture that God gives us commandments not to take something from us, but to get something to us. And remember that when we're talking about the commandments of God, we're talking about the word of God. Remember, the word is in our life to get something to us, to make our life better. Everybody say better. So remember that when you hear a commandment from God, Scripture lets us know that the commandments are there to make our life better. And so we see in this particular text the importance of being committed and hearing and applying God's word because every commandment is written to help us to live and multiply, to live and to multiply. To live means to live prosperously, to be restored to life or health, to be quickened, to be revived, to cause to grow, to have access to better. And multiply means to become many, to enlarge, to increase, to make great, to increase faster. So we see in the first part there that God wants us to live and to multiply. We must constantly shift our mindset into into consistently believing that the word of God is our ultimate avenue to true blessings that comes with no sorrow according to Proverbs 10 and 22. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 10 verse 22. Proverbs 10 and 22 reads as follows. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow with it. So the blessing of the Lord, it makes us rich. It makes us better. It makes us prosperous. It makes our thinking better, our talking better, and the way we act better according to the word of God. So when we shift our mindset, we change the position it was once in. We change the direction it was in. We change the tendencies that we used to do to be more in line to what God wants us to do for our lives. Now, we also have gained knowledge and understanding so that we can better recognize and have access to real wealth. We talked about real wealth a moment ago, but real wealth, again, is strength, is might efficiency, doing things better than what you did before. Remember, the definition of excellence means the base. I'm going to do it better than what I did it before. It's going to be also a time of increase, favor, prosperity, and abundance of money, influence, and access. 
Let me tell you something. You can have money, but you may not know what to do with it. But thank God, God will give us wisdom as to what to do. Influence. It's good to have influence in your life, as well as favor, prosperity, and so forth. The Holy Spirit also has been teaching us the purpose and importance of the Lord humbling and testing us so that we will know what is in our mind, our choices, our thinking, and our character based on what we just read in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 1 and verse 2. Let's go back over that scripture real quickly. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 1 and verse 2. Remember, the Holy Spirit's been teaching us. He's been teaching us the importance of how he humbled us as well as he tested us. And if you live long enough, you realize that one of the things that you know about God, that God loves you enough to test you and he loves you enough to humble you. He don't want you to get too high-minded, but he don't want you to think too low of yourself as neither. So he's been humbling us as well as testing us. Every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe that you may live and multiply, go in and possess the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years. Remember the children of Israel will live 40 years in the wilderness. 40, we learned previously, is a time of testing or a time of proving. So we read the Remember, Jesus was in the desert 40 days and 40 nights as a, t- as a time of testing as well as a time of proving. And then notice why he did it, to humble you and to test you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. So we see that God has a way of testing us to prove us and to try us. And, and not only that, he wants us to be humble ourselves. Because you can get too high-minded for your own good. Let me just put that out there real quickly. You can get too high-minded for your own good and cause you to be in, to get in things or do some ungodly things when you're too high-minded. And David is a witness to this truth in Psalm 66 and verse 10. So let's go back over to Psalms 66 and verse 10. And let's look, at, look more into what we have, what the Lord has given us for today. Psalm 66 uh, and verse 10 reads as follows. For you, O God, have tested us. You have refined us as silver is refined. So we see that God has tested us. He's proven us. He's examining us. He has tried us. And many of us need to understand that the trials, the tests, and challenges that we're dealing with are designed to prove our spiritual growth and maturity. We see that the test is designed to improve or cause our, have us, us to have spiritual growth and maturity. That's why David uh, understands that these times of testing, because he's able to see the awesome works of God in Psalm 66, verse 1. Uh, let's go down to, let's start one and go down to verse nine. Make a joyful shout to God, all the earth. Sing out the honor of his name. Make his praise glorious. You hear many songs that say, uh, make that statement, make his praise glorious. Say to God, how awesome are your words. Through the greatness of your power, your enemies shall submit themselves to you. All the earth shall worship you and sing praise to you. They shall sing praises to your name. Come and see the works of God. He is awesome in his doing toward the sons of men. He turned the sea into dry land. They went through the river on foot. There, there we will rejoice in him. He rules by his power forever. His eyes observe the nation. Do not let the rebellious exalt themselves. Oh, bless our God, you 
people and make the voice of his peak praise to be heard, who keeps our soul among the living, who does not follow our feet to be moved. And then after he says, he tells us about the wonderful works of God, because he see works are defined as the manifestation, the performance, God showing up and showing out. We see in these particular scriptures, Psalm 66, verses 1 through 9. And after he shows up, after he begins to do all these things, and understand this, if we begin to stand firm on God's word, regardless of what comes our way, we see the manifestation of God anointing, bringing deliverance, peace, protection, and prosperity. That is so wonderful to me. And then, but after he says that, he makes another statement because after they saw the wonderful works of God, he says this, you have tested us and notice how he tested us. You have refined us as silver is refined. Lord Jesus, silver is, excuse me, refined is an interesting word there. It means to take away the bad part, to take away the bad part. Refining silver, that means that they put heat on the silver, to, and then once uh, the bad stuff, they would take the heat out, excuse me, take the bad parts out. And God has let us know that he refines us, he tests us, he takes the bad stuff out. And what I love about God, he doesn't take everything out overnight. It, it takes time to get bad stuff out of your life. How many know it takes time to get bad stuff out of your life? Bad thinking, bad reputation, bad habits, bad thing, th- ungodly thing. It takes time. It took me a minute to stop cussing. I ain't gonna lie to you. I was saved a long time before I stopped cussing. I took my uncle's sister basin now. Y'all know what I'm saying now. It took a long time to get bad thinking out of my life. It's, it took a long time to get unforgiveness out of my life. It took a long time to get jealousy out of my life. Listen, I know some people get saved and they holy overnight, but for the rest of us, it takes time to get things right. Oh, look at two people say it takes time to get things right. Who tell me it takes time to get things right? And you need to understand that and, and give people time to get things right. It's amazing to me. Something that took us years to get rid of, we'll look at somebody else and expect for them to be free overnight. Sad, but true. Listen, it takes time to get things right. It takes time to act right. It takes time to think right. It takes time to do right. Tell somebody, it takes time to do right. And you can't be rushing me to do right. I remember there's some things I'm still working on after being saved for almost 30 years now. I'm telling you, it takes time to get things right. And I thank God that God is patient with me. And sometimes, oh, thank you, Lord. Sometimes God will be more patient with you than people will be patient with you. They're going through the same thing. God will be patient with you when other people going through the same thing will not be patient with you. Thank God that he is a patient God with us. Oh, somebody say patient God. Now, I want you to notice what else he said in verse 11. You have brought us into the net. Interesting terminology. See, during this testing time, the Lord brought them into the net. The net is a word for pray. Pray. During the time of David, the enemy would enclose them like a fish in a net. I don't know if you've ever been net fishing before, but when, when, notice this. They would be, he's, he'd use the terminology like fish in a net. And so they would, I mean, the enemy would be so close to them and they would almost feel they would be actually surrounded because the enemy would be so close to them. But even in the midst of the enemy being close to them, they, listen, God still had the final say so. 
Isn't it good to know that wherever you work at, no matter where you go, whatever enemy you have, the enemy can be close, but God will keep you when the enemy is close. Oh, God, that's good news right there. But, you know, you must not never had no enemy before. But if you ever had an enemy before, it's good to know that God will keep you when the enemy is close. Sometimes you can be in the same household with the enemy. Sometimes you can be on the same job with the enemy. Sometimes you can be, amen, with, in the same place with the enemy. And God will keep, keep, keep you from the enemy. I love that about God. And see, part of our test is how we deal with the enemy. Every now and then, the enemy is encamped about us. And we must learn how to trust God to deliver us as promised in Psalm 34 and verse 7. Go to Psalms 34 and verse 7. I want to show you this in Scripture. Not just what I think, but what God says. Psalms 34 and verse 7. The angel of the Lord, of the Lord encamps all around those who, fears, who fear him and delivers him. That word deliver, that means to remove, to take away, to rescue, to set free. Let me tell you something. You can be surrounded by the enemy, and, and God will allow the enemy to walk around you, but he won't let him harm you. Jesus was walking around, and they wanted to kill him, but Jesus walked right through the middle of them. I want to show what that looks like real quickly. Minister Harris, come real quickly. Lilo, will you stand right there for just for a moment, for me, please? Just stand right there. I want you to stand right there in front of the, uh, excuse me. Y'all, y'all two face me this way. That's good right there. You stand right there, Mr. Harris. Face me. Face me. Face me. Face me. Face me. Stand, come with this little bit right there. There we go. Now, this is what it looks like in God. God, they, they were trying to kill Jesus back in the day. But Jesus, they listen, they wanted to kill him. I want you to reach for me, but don't touch me, okay? They wanted to kill him. Reach for me, but don't touch me, okay? But God would just walk right in the middle of them. Y'all, y'all see that right there? Boy, sometimes, let me tell you something. You don't know this, but on your job, the enemy want to kill you. The Bible says he come to steal, he come to kill, he come to destroy. But let me tell you something. God, listen, it's a reason God ain't, hadn't, hadn't let the enemy get to you yet. And you need to know that. Don't ever think that you, because you're so wonderful and you're the best thing since, since sliced bread that you ain't got no enemies. Everybody got enemies. You may not know you ain't enemy, but they're your enemy. But the thing you got to realize that God will have you to walk in the middle of them. And they not even, listen, not even grab you. Because if he wanted them to grab you, all he would do is just let them grab you. And what you going to do about it? Most of the time, some of us are oblivious that we even have enemies. So you know we can avoid them because we're oblivious we got them. So that will just roll right into them. The only reason some of us are being kept right now is because God got protection on us. Somebody say, thank God for protection. Amen. Thank you all so much. We'll walk in the middle and God will deliver us. Psalms 34 and verse 7. Now, let's go back over to the text in Psalm 66 and verse, the latter, latter part of verse 11. First part, he brought into the net. Second part, you lay affliction on our backs. You lay afflictions on our back. As David's group went through. Now, some people believe that he was not only talking about himself in this text, but he's also talking about the children of Israel at this time. So when you look at this, and of course, we talked about the children of Israel previously in that particular time when they went through all the different trials that they went through. But I believe he was also talking about some things that he was going through. And he used the children of Israel as a reference to understand that if God delivered the children of Israel, that God would deliver him too. 
I'm saying this to us. If God would deliver the children of Israel, if God would deliver David, God would deliver you. God will protect you. God will watch over you. God will do the same thing for you. In fact, he's doing a pretty good job of it right about now. Now, this is what you need to know. It doesn't mean that uh, the people won't say and do certain things, but no weapon that is formed against us shall be able to prosper. And every tongue that rises against us in judgment, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servant of the Lord. Vindication is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay. God is protecting his children. So, now listen, and you can't even put your hand on how God protected it. God does it supernaturally. I thank God he got angels that kept about us. And not only about me, but I thank God he watched over my children. I thank God he watched over my family. He watches over my possession. There's some things I can't even explain to you that God does. You ever rode down the road and all of a sudden the car was on your side going on the other side? And then all of a sudden, they don't even look up. They didn't see that car moving over. Well, you know God had to protect us, don't it? Because people this day, more than I've ever seen before, are distracted by devices in their laps and on their side. Thank y'all for the five amen, because some of us have been guilty of ourselves. We've been distracted. I, I ain't never said that so many red lights wanted to blow my horn at folks that when the ch- light changed, they sitting there looking on their phone. And y'all, don't blow, y'all probably good. Y'all, y'all, don't, y'all got patience and everything. I'd be like wanting to grab the horn and lay down on it. Got the two-second rule. You ain't moving when the light turned green. Ah! But God protects us because people are distracted. I've seen people go down the road trying to text other folks while they ride down the road. Car be going sideways, crooked and everything. I said, God, thank you for your protection. Because you want to you you ride by them real quick in case they get distracted going another direction. Y'all follow me? I appreciate his protection. And so you got to understand something. God's protection is real. It is real. It's more real than what you ever going to realize. You'll be surprised one day when you get to heaven and God says, you know what? On this day right here, I protect you from this, that, and the other. You did, God. I didn't even know that was happening around me. Yeah, you didn't know, but God knows. And not only that, he watches over our children as well. Because sometimes our children get distracted and don't pay attention to what's going on around them. But God protects them anyway. Are y'all following me here? Now, let's go back over to this other part of this text. And you laid afflictions on our backs. As they was... Uh, as David and his group were going through, they felt the afflictions on their back. Now, afflictions is distress and pressure. Boy, you ain't never lived long enough till you had some pressure going on in your life. I'm talking about financial pressure, family pressure, uh, relationship pressure, job pressure, all types of pressure that goes on into our lives. And I, and, I, and this is what I, what I, when I looked at this, remember, they're in testing mode. They're in testing mode. So the person that laid the affliction on their back was God himself. So God laid the pressure on their backs in Psalm 66, verse 11. Even when life brings unusual pressure, and I call this unusual pressure because it's not just any type of pressure, it's the pressure that God allows to get on your back. Because he's testing you. He's saying, you know what? I want to see what, listen, I want Dobbs to know what's in him. Mm, God, I hear you, Lord. And God wants you to know what's in you. Because God already knows what's in you. But sometimes testing lets you know what God has got inside of you. 
God, listen, God ain't being tested. God knows everything about you. He knows when he made you from the beginning, he knows everything about you. He knows how you're going to react on this day right here. He knows what you're going to do, how you're going to do it, and how you're going to say it. God knows you. And God says, you know what? I'm going to allow this, this pressure to get on them to, so they will know what's, what I put inside of them. Because God, ain't, and that notice this, and I read this and I thought this was so good. When God tests you, he has infinite wisdom to get the best out of the test. So when God allows you to go through a test, he tests you to a point that you'll come out looking a whole lot better than when you first got in it. Are y'all seeing that right there? Because God has, listen, some people give a test and they don't even know why they're giving it. They just give a test to be given. And, but some people give a test, they try, they're trying to manipulate you or trying to get things to go a certain way. But God gives you a test to make you better after the test. And in, in, infinite wisdom, that's why God will this is why wisdom will not allow us to experience more than we can bear. First Corinthians ten thirteen. First Corinthians ten thirteen. First Corinthians chapter ten and verse thirteen. No temptation that's overtaking you, such as common to man, but God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted above what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it, that you may be able to endure it, that you may be able to go through it. God, there is nothing in our life that God does not know about which does not have an expiration date. Whatever you're going through in life, God got an expiration date behind it. So whatever you're dealing with, there's nothing that God, hey, oh, good God, I like that God. Whatever you're dealing with right now, you can, there's an expiration date behind it. Whatever problem, whatever trial, whatever situation you're in, it's got an expiration date. There's nothing that, that's going in your life that you can't handle. I know it don't seem like because he, the, God is the best trainer I've ever dealt with in my entire life. I've ever had, you ever had a trainer before? A trainer will push you to the end. A trainer will have you mad because you paid him that much money to torture you. God is an excellent trainer. He will have he will push you to the end. And this is what you need to know. A good trainer says, you know what? I can push him a little bit further and, it, it, and they will be all right. God is an excellent trainer. He is full of wisdom when he trains you. You deal, I'm telling you, let me say, some of you right now, you're dealing with stuff you thought you could never take in your entire life, but you're taking it right now. Thank y'all for the four amens. The rest of us keep praying. It's coming your way. Some of you have dealt with stuff in 2018, 2019, 2017. You thought, if I ever had to deal with something like this, and some, watch this. You thought you, you thought you would act a certain way, but you found out you acted better than what you thought you would act. You know that had to be God. Because, you know, in some situations, you thought, man, if I ever had to deal with something like this, I would cuss out somebody. But you didn't even cuss them out. Boy, you know, you said, ooh, I'm better. Oh, God, you must be doing something than me. Some people go through trials, and they're like, you know what, if I went through something like that, I would do this, that, and the other. You got it, and you didn't even do it. You know God is doing something great in your life. Therefore, something that God is doing in your life right now. Listen, I know you say, Pastor, I, 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 I can't see it. 
But God is doing it in me. Yes, he is. Take your day, but God doing something special in you. God is doing something special in you. He's doing something special in you that eyes have not seen nor ears heard, neither into the heart of man, the special things that God is doing in your life. There are some things God is doing in your life right now. You can't, listen, you ain't even figured out how he's doing it. You just, all you know is that your life, you're not thinking like you used to think. You're not talking like you used to talk. And you're not acting like you used to act. You know God is doing something special in your life. You know what's, you know what's interesting about it sometimes? Sometimes we don't even know why we're acting as good as what we're acting. <laughs> God Almighty. Woo! God knows better than we do. That's why he says, I will not allow you to have nothing beyond you that you can't bear. That's why I love the fact that God gives a test over in Psalm 66 and verse 11. And let me go back to that scripture real quickly. And he laid the affliction on, on David's them back. He laid the, the affliction on the children of Israel back. He laid the, the affliction on our back, the pressure on our back. But we're overcoming it. There's nothing that we can't bear. Nothing we can't bear. Now, when God, let's go back over to the next verse, Psalm 66 and verse 12. You have caused men to ride over our heads, went through fire and through water. But you bought us out. I say that part, the last part. You bought us out to rich fulfillment or a wealthy place. Let's deal with the first part of that clause. You have caused men to ride over our heads. When God put in David... And the people allowed them to endure when the Lord caused men to ride over their heads. Think about this. If somebody go ride over your head. Now, that's a that's like one of them states we read earlier. We remember that time we talked about where they worked so hard that their head went bald and their shoulders rubbed raw. That's one of these statements like this. <laughs> Y'all follow me? That's one of them statements where when he tells the children of Israel, excuse me, David wrote, you have caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and we went through water. Now, literally, they did go through fire and they went through water. But one thing about it, they went through it. They didn't stay in it. Are y'all seeing the difference there? Well, you need to know when God takes you through something, God's not going to leave you in it. He is not going to leave you in it. So when God put David's people, allowed them to endure, what the Lord caused men to ride, and ride simply means, what's interesting, the word ride means mount. So he's, he allowed them to be in such a position that it's almost like they mounted over their head. Well, that's close right there. That's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of things we go through. And they went through. Went means to go through the fire, and they went through the water. Some believe they was referring to the children of Israel, whether or not it was David and his men are the children of Israel. I believe the testing and the proving show that they could keep his commandments. When you go through something where you cause men to ride over our heads, we went through the fire and through the water. That's a test and a half, in my opinion. That's a test and a half. I'll be honest with you. I don't know if I could take, personally speaking, somebody riding over my head, and then I ride through the water and the fire. And not be all happy about it. I'm just personally speaking. Now, I know some of y'all say everything that God does for me, I'm happy about it and so forth and so on. But I have never liked every test and trial that comes my way. Just personally speaking. Now, do I think that God has a purpose behind it? Yes. Do I think I'll come out better? Yes. But do I always want to go through it? No. 
Let's be real about it. I'm just being honest with everybody in the sanctuary. I don't want nobody to think Pastor Dobbs is so deep that, that he just loves every trial and situation, he go, every proving and testing time he go through. No, I do not. But I do love the fact that I come out a whole lot better once I go through it. Listen, I may not like it, but I know God has a purpose behind everything he takes me through. Every financial trial, every test, he has a, he has a purpose behind it. And God knows how we, excuse me, those times where we keep his commandments. Go back over to Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8. I want to show you something there real quickly, and I'm coming back over to the other. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land in which the Lord swore to your fathers. And you should remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness. Remember, one thing about the wilderness, we talked about this earlier, but I can pray that you don't go in the wilderness situation, but it won't do me any good. I'm going to pray that God keep you when you go through the wilderness. If Jesus was led by the Spirit of God to go into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, you're going to have a test. It may not be 40 days and 40 nights, but you're going to have something. Let me tell you something. God can take you through a 40-minute test that would seem like 40 years. Everybody understand what I'm saying now? Don't think that God is, 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 is entering. The time doesn't mean much to God. God can take you. One phone call, if you ain't careful, can have you going through all types of situations. These days, one text, one email, one, something you see on social media, if you ain't careful, can have you in a tailspin. So never think that, well, if I ain't going through 40 days or I'm not going through 40 years, I'm not going through something. Let me tell you something. It don't take much for us to go through something. God knows us. God's not sitting around trying, I wonder if this will bother them. No, God knows what will bother you and what will not bother you. But one thing about it, he will not let anything be in your life that you can't bear. Somebody said, that's good news. Hallelujah. Now, I'm going to go back to this other part. Oh, I forgot to finish up this part. In verse 2, ain't you remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and to test you, that to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep. Keep means to take heed, to observe, or to guard his commands. And when you do that, you will prosper. You will prosper. Everybody says, I will prosper. Now, that is so important for us to understand that we will prosper. We will prosper. Now, one thing about it, when you're dealing with um, everybody that God loves, we know that God loves us as his son or daughter. When he tests us and chastises us, according to Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 6. Go to Hebrews 12 and 6. Hebrews 12 and verse 6. Remember, we're talking about how God tests us. But everybody he loves, he chastised. So sometimes with a test, you may be chastised. For whom to love, excuse me, Hebrews 12 and 6. For whom the Lord loves, he chastised. And scourges every son whom he receives. So chastise means to correct. It means to train. It means uh, to train by the afflictions of evils and calamities. So when we go through things, we understand that God will correct those of us. He loves. 
And thank God. Let me tell you something. If you keep doing wrong and you never correct it, chances are you got to check whether or not you got a relationship with Jesus. If you just constantly do wrong after wrong after wrong and you know it's wrong and there's nothing checking you to do what's right, something is wrong. If you can go a whole week and never talk to God and never feel anything, I imagine you ain't got no relationship with God. What would it be like if I say I love you, honey? I love my wife. I love, I tell everybody in the room, I love my wife. I tell everybody for a month, but for a month, I don't even see her. I don't call her. I don't text her. I don't say anything about it. Would y'all think I love my wife? One brother. Thank you so much, brother. And you know the one? If you were in a relationship and you say somebody loved, he say he loved me, he say he loved me, the devil would tell you real quickly. And he might not be halfway wrong. He don't love you. But God is like this. Why can't we go a whole, this, this much time and God never, and never spend any time with God and say we love God? Something would be wrong with that picture. But anyway, everybody he loves, he chastised. Affliction will instruct us on what not to do if we allow, whether, if we allow whether it's relationship affliction, financial affliction, work affliction, etc. Even Jesus was tempted by the devil in Matthew 4, verse 1 through 11. Tempted means to see whether or not a thing can be done, to attempt to see how one would behave themselves. In Matthew 4, and verse 11. Jesus is our great example of how to apply God's word when we're challenged with evil influences or twisted people. Of course, the word evil... Another word for evil is twisted. Twisted. Matthew chapter 4, verse 11, 1 through 11. Let's go there real quickly. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 through 11. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he was fasted 40 days and 40 nights afterwards, he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered, it is written, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up into this holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he should give his angels charge over you. And in your hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. Jesus said to him, it is written. Notice how you defeat the enemy. It is written. The revealed and the written word of God. You should not tempt the Lord your God. Again, the devil took him up on that singly high mountain and showed him all the kings of the world and their glory. And said to him, all these things I will give you if you'll fall down and worship me. Worship me. Verse 10. Then Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it's written, you shall worship the Lord your God. Him only you shall serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. You notice something about the enemy. The enemy will come, but he only got a certain amount of time he can test you. Tell somebody he only got a certain amount of time. Tell somebody he only got a certain amount of time. And you need to understand that. Neither he only got a certain amount of time. That's why he's our greatest example. We are grateful to the Holy Spirit just like the Gentiles were in Acts 15, verse 8. Go to Acts 15, verse 8. Well, I know you got a lot of scripture today, but it, they, this is good for us. This is good for us. Acts 15, verse 8. Acts 15 and 8 reads as follows. 
So God knows, so God who knows the heart and nods them by giving them the Holy Spirit just as he did to us. So God who knows the heart, who knows the heart, the heart, the mind, the choices, the emotions. See, this scripture states, so God who knows the heart and nods them by giving the Holy Spirit just as he did to us. God knows our heart. He knows what we'll choose. That's why he gives the Holy Spirit to help us with our choices. This is what you need to know. He knows without the Holy Spirit, you will constantly make bad choices. And they will look like they're good, but because we're guided by what? Sometimes you, you can guide yourself in the wrong decision. I need to be real with you. And you can have good intentions. You may not want, want, want men to do anything wrong, but without the Holy Spirit. And this is one thing God will not let you have no other God before you. That's one of the premises about it is that he won't let you do good stuff without him because then you think you do it on your own. So he'll allow good stuff that may be good ideas to go bad because you tried to do it without him. <laughs> if you did it with him, he'll allow it to go through that's a sign that God loves you. If you can do bad stuff, get away with it, and then uh, bad stuff, get away with it, hey, that's not the Holy Spirit, yo. And you know you can get away with stuff, don't you? Oh, yeah. People won't, people won't know, but God will know. Everybody understand that? All right, let's move on a little further. Now, the Lord knows if we have a heart to see him glorified in the midst of a fiery trial. He also knows that we need the helper. We need the help according to John 14, 26. Let's go to John 14, 26. We're getting close to the end. Yeah, hold on just a few more minutes. John 14, 26. But the help of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things, bring to remembrance all things that I said to you. So we need the help of the Holy Spirit, which is a helper, a supporter, an assistant, an aider, someone who will plead our case, according to John 14, 20, to teach God and remind us of his power and marvelous works, which while we're overcoming the hard and challenging situation we may be dealing with. The Lord will use the Holy Spirit to refine us as silver, as refined in Psalm 66, verse 10, we talked about earlier. Refine means to test, to prove, to remove impurities. Remember how we talked about that earlier, that he refined us as silver. He's going to remove the impurities from our life. And I, you know one thing I thought about that just came to me? I, I pre, I'm pretty sure this is a, a godly statement. It takes a lifetime to get impurities out of us. It takes a lifetime to get impurities out of us. Woo! Somebody should have more, two amens right there. Somebody should have said amen right there. Oh, it takes a lifetime to get all. Everybody say, understand all. Everybody say all. The impurities out of us. Is you agree? I agree. Man, it takes a lifetime. You ever been, listen, I'm, uh, holding my chair. I look 45 there. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had a moment right there, all right? I had a moment. <laughs> Even in 55, I've been saying I'm 55. I'm learning stuff in my in my 55th year of life that I didn't realize I, I, didn't realize I could do such evil. I learned some new evil at 55 that I didn't know at 45. Thank you all for the four Just keep on living. Just keep on living. 
I know why I know more about God, but I also know about more evil stuff I can do. I just choose not to do the evil stuff. Let me in him. I just, just look at me. None of y'all probably got this problem right here. None of y'all got this problem right here. I've learned some stuff in my fifty-five years. Even some stuff in the last five years. I said, Whoa, you can do that? Ooh, you can do that? I didn't know you could do this. And it, it, it was not always prison ministry. I learned it that neither. I learned some stuff in five years. I didn't know. I didn't even know fifty years before that I could do this evil. I just choose not to do it. You follow the difference? Enemy is always going to teach you something. Enemy, the devil always going to teach you something. Boy, I, I should got some more amens in that right there. But that's okay, though. I know this is true right here. The devil will always be teaching you, but you got to choose not to use what he teaches you. And you got to choose to use what God teaches you. Because the devil always going to be teaching you some new tricks, some new things, some new avenues. He's going to bring somebody in your life. You know, if you do this right here, you know, you can cheat on your taxes by doing you know, you can cheat the system out of the enemy will always be teaching you stuff. But God, you got to choose the choose the way of God, so to speak. Choose the way of God. Choose the way of who? God. Amen. That's good stuff right now. Good God. Thank you, Lord, for sharing that with us. Now, let's finish this up. Now. Again, we talked about earlier, a repeat of the same or similar test could be a sign that we do not complete the refining process. The process series of action or steps taken in order to achieve a particular outcome. Refining process, again, is going to take time. It's just going to take time. Instead, we, when you take matters in your own hands, do our lot of Jesus to remove all those unnecessary thoughts, ideas, attitudes, and so forth, you can have trouble. You can have trouble. Now, let's look at this last part of this text. The part I really want to get to because understand something. When you've been tested by God, understand God got a reward process. God has a reward process. Now, we as human beings do not know how long the test going to last. Naturally speaking, we just don't know. It could be a day. It could be years. We just don't know. Remember, the children of Israel, they went through a test for 40 years. But one thing about it, when it was all said and done, the latter part of verse, or our, our main text for the day, let me read it to you again. Psalm 66, verse 12. But you brought us out to rich fulfillment. King James says, you brought us to a wealthy place. See, everything they went through, every test, every trial, everything they went through, when it was said and done, God was bringing the people to a wealthy place. Notice, and I know I probably state this later on, but I want to read, make this statement right now. That was his intention all the time. I want you to know that God's intention all the time is to bring us to a wealthy place. A wealthy place. Let's look at this a little further. David understands about these times of testing because he was able to see the awesome work. Excuse me. Wrong page. 
Once the Lord took them through the test, he brought them to a wealthy place. He led them forth. He told them to go forward to a saturated place. Wealthy means saturated. Saturated with what? After God has tested us, we can look forward for God saturating us in good health. He can look forward for us to be saturated in his presence. He can look forward to us to being saturated with blessings and better things. You can expect better. And notice the word he uses there, saturate. That means it's just going to be overflowing. That means you're going to have more than enough. That means it's just going to be an overflow of blessing that's coming your way. Isn't it good to know that you're going to be in a wealthy place? Isn't it good to know that God's intention the whole time, through every test, through every trial, through every situation, through every circumstance, in the end, you're going to end up in a wealthy place. You're going to end up in a place where you're going to be saturated, not just only with good health. Everybody say good health. How many like good health? I mean, this big one. How many like good health? Now, notice what else. Saturated in his presence. The presence of God is in your life. Not only that, you're going to saturate you with blessings and with better things. Deuteronomy chapter 8 has proven that time and time again that God is bringing us to, we say, a wealthy place, a place saturated with good things. God says he gives you all good things to enjoy. So let me say to all of us in this sanctuary, whatever trial you're dealing with, whatever circumstance you're going through, no matter how rough it looks, hold on. If you mess up, repent and ask God to forgive you and let God take you, excuse me, let God take you to that wealthy place. That's like I believe he's doing for all of us in this sanctuary. The Lord is bringing us to a wealthy place. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia, on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at OCCVR.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.